Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is On the Block. Austin Norman, Eric Strickland with you. We'll be with you till 4 We'll turn it over to DP and Jay and take a weeknight after that. Uh, speaking of getting it turned over, the league is uh, about to be flipped on its head. Uh, a Dame Lillard trade is inevitable uh, at this point. Over the weekend, he requested a trade. I, d- I don't want to call it a demand because of Dame Lillard's patience with Portland, the loyalty he showed. I'm willing to grant him requests. Is, is there a difference between requesting a trade and demanding a trade, Strick? Well, well, first and foremost, let's go back to... Um... It, it, both both sides were at some point playing chicken, right? We we knew right. Dame was kind of throwing out uh, trial balloons a little bit and, and and putting some things out in the atmosphere and, and letting it be known. But then we also knew that uh, Portland was talking about uh, surrounding Dame, and then you know you watched on draft night that that kind of went to you know the hell in a hat basket once they decided to go with Scoot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the moves that they were making, yes, um, they re-signed Jeremy Grant, um, which, yes, that's good, but does it move the needle? Me personally, I don't think so. And for $32 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was something of interest to me. But, you know, I, I, I think they're at a point where they know they have to keep some talent there and and yes they're 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 good on the small forward to guard area i think jeremy grant gives him a little balance on on a on on that area and you want to keep him but i think jeremy grant also is a is a is a solid piece that if it doesn't pan out or work out or there's you know some conflict or some schism between scoot and him or or whatever there's just Mm -hmm. no continuity there that it's 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 a movable piece i think there's he, he still has good stock um, and it's not crazy that you can move that contract um, if you if you need to because I think somebody would take him. But then on the other hand, uh, just because they were playing chicken, now you're looking at Dame's situation. And with Dame, I, I think it's just come to a head. I mean, he saw the writing on the wall. He started looking at it, and he's like, you know, this is this, and this goes back to what we talked about here on the block. That's a that's a that's a three four year plan, mm-hmm. you know, from what they're doing. I mean, I I'm not he's mad about it right now. Yeah, you don't have three or four years, and so it looks like that he's looking for Brooklyn or or Miami. Those are the two landing spaces. Um, I don't think Brooklyn wants to make any moves. They got out got themselves out of trouble, <laughs> and now they don't want to go back into the same situation that they were able to, you know, kind of unveil themselves from mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like that you know you know when you ever watched there was a movie out that they had this movie it's called riddick you know chronic chronicles of riddick and they had this little gun where they shot and it when it hits you it like literally locks you up where you can't move that's what brooklyn was in with <laughs> Kyrie and james harden they were they were in that type of mode they didn't have mm-hmm. nowhere to go and I, I i think they got away from that good signing with cam Mm-hmm. I don't think they want to make any moves to 
to get rid of any of the young talent, any of the acquisitions that they were able to get with trades and all that stuff. Um, Seth Curry's now no longer there. So they, you can tell they're in revamp mode. I don't think Dame fits that mode. So let's look at Miami. That's where it pretty much sits at and it settles. Um, and I, a lot of the pieces that I thought that they had an opportunity to move it from, now you're just looking at Duncan Robinson and maybe Caleb Martin. You know, that could be interest of interest, uh, possibly that type of player coming in and helping out, you know, some – some hard-nosed, good pedigree, defensive-minded. Uh, that could be a good fit up there potentially, but you you got to look at maybe Duncan Robinson or him at that point. Do they want Duncan Robinson? Is that something that's going to be needed uh, out there in Portland? But now with the, with Struess and, um, and Vincent, Vincent gone, yeah, that's that's really the only way that you're looking. You're not getting rid of Anabio. You're not getting no. rid of uh, probably you're, you're going to want to keep Hero. You're, you're not getting rid of those pieces now. Uh, they re-signed uh, Ke- Kevin Love, so that's kind of what I think they're looking at. They're trying to just stock up and, and really stockpile, but it, it, they're they're shrinking their abilities to do it because there's just not a lot of room for for uh, error on this one. It seems like Miami's the logical fit. I mean, Dame yeah. even said essentially Miami or bust, and that's where I'm fascinated to see is this another game of chicken. Because we talked about the relationship between Dame and Portland and that front office and how long they were in it together. On the one hand, I think, you know, Portland deserves and needs to, to do right by Dame to not ship him to nowhere just yeah. because it's best they, for they business. Would they would. But at the same time, does it really hurt Portland to do that? It's never been a big free agent market. And as mediocre to bad as they've been recently, at some point, Portland needs to say, we need to do what's best for business. So, mm-hmm. thanks, Dame. Sorry. Is there a balance there? I, I think they, you're right. I think you're on to something. <laughs> That's the, the crazy thing about it. Um, there, I love what you just said, is they're not a free agent haven. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not a place where you're just like, yay, I'm going to Portland. Portland. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's Sunshine the spot. and rainbows. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't think that's the case. Now, I think it's it's a, a place where solid second tier where you got your Gary Trent Juniors that mm-hmm. came through and then you got uh, where you took a chance on Gary Payton, you know, the second. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that kind of market West for Matthews. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of second tier market where, you know, somebody will go up there, you throw a little bit of extra money at them, they'll come. But, yeah, I don't think it's a a place that you'd want to go. So if that's the case, you know, shoot Dame wherever is best for business, where you, you feel you can get the best best bang for your buck. To me, I want to throw this at you. Mm-hmm. Looking, at, looking at everything, all the scenarios, the chips that have been falling right now, what, what at this point, and inside of Heyman text line as well, um, 402-464-5685, what is a good place? What – Outside, like if you're doing it for business, mm-hmm. if that's your goal, you're doing this strictly for business. It's not about, you know, yes, we love you, Dane. We thank you for your loyalty, all of that. But at this same time, it's about business at this point for us. Shoot me three teams outside of Miami where you think that would be a good fit. Depends on the timeline. If your business is Scoot, if he's the business and you're okay with being four or five years away, Brooklyn's got picks for days. Plenty of picks. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to get you know a huge needle-moving player, and Brooklyn wouldn't want to part with them, but they have the picks there. Mm-hmm. 
depending on how all in Oklahoma City wants to go. That was one I had on my mind. Go ahead. Okay. Talk yeah, to me. Plenty of intriguing young players mm-hmm. and draft picks. Mm-hmm. They have the assets to make essentially any move that they want any to make. Any move. They, they have the most. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have the most. Or are you more willing to write it out with James Harden? Do you just do a Lillard for Harden swap, see if you can get any picks or expirings attached and free yourself up? Uh, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm I'm cool with that. I am too. Like, I'm, Brooklyn, yeah. cool with, I'm cool with sending even a three-team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I'm, if I'm them, he could be good as a distributor. You allow Scoot to not have to take on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Let him roam. Let James just kind of distribute. But right now, you don't care about James. If he doesn't have a no trade, bro, bro, no. We're sending you where we want to send you at this point. We don't give mm-hmm. a dang about you and your wants and desires and all that. Mm-hmm. So to, that's another question I'll lead you into. For Scoot Henderson, what's best for his development? Is it learning to play the point, learning the reads and distribution? Or is it, say, focus on scoring, we know you're athletic, go get buckets, and we'll bring you along in the other plays next? I mean, they're going to need him. Mm-hmm. They're going to need him to be free and, and, and to do his thing. Scoot mm-hmm. right now because if you don't have Dame then you're going to want him to be free to move and, right. and do it as he sees fit um, that's the issue I have in Houston um, let me let me talk about this part um, some of you may have been on Twitter and you've kind of been peep, peeping and, 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 and kind of run across this Jalen Green video that's out there. That's kind of wild, uh, you know. If you got kids in the house and next to you, I'd advise you don't, don't, don't play it. But um, it's wild. Um, looking at this Jalen Green situation, and then um, Christopher is his name. Uh, they were they were in camps together, and they end up on the same team together. And then now all of a sudden, Christopher gets traded. All of a sudden, now that this stuff has kind of popped up on on the radar. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this at you. Does this in any way affect Houston, whether it's bringing guys in, whether it's, um, you know, Udoka? I mean, does it put a a microscope on your your team in a crazier way that you don't really want at this time because you're trying to get these young fellas to get back in line and really get focused on the game of basketball? It doesn't help. You know, Mm. something like that being released is never a good thing for a team. But I think Houston has done enough to put itself under the microscope as it is. I mean, 3 and 130 for Van Vliet that we'll get to later. I mean, Brooks is going to be bring a microscope as well on top of that. Y- Yudoka is Ooh, still had. That's you know, right. They got, got more. Boston. Come on, man. So They got all kinds of problems. As, as non-ideal as it is, I don't think that that's going to pop on the radar as much as some <laughs> of this other stuff. Right. And it's Houston. You know, we mentioned as we were talking about Shohei Otani last week, no state income tax. You know, in Texas, um, plenty of young talent. They have plenty of cap space. So I think it's going to be an attractive enough destination, even with the distractions. So maybe it should move the needle, but I don't think it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, at the end of the day, the Dame situation, I hope it comes 
to a head. I, I hope it works out for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. I want to get into one that's real interesting to me is the Villanova reunion. Yeah. Um, you know, DiVincenzo coming back. You got Hart already out there. And then you've got, you know, obviously the leader of the bunch, which is Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting to me. Um, DiVincenzo, that's a good, that's a good hit for him. Like I, I, Makes me like wish my mom waited ten years. Golly, (laughs) that would have been a great, great move for me. But do you think they're just trying to get a chemistry group together at this point that really play? Because Thibodeau's a defensive guy. Divincenzo is that. You know what I mean? Hart is that. You know, Jalen will do that. So do you think this is one of those things where they're just kind of trying to bring guys in now that one like each other, have good chemistry, and 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 uh, will do what it needs to, what they need to do to win games. I still think Julius Randle needs to – something needs to happen with that situation, but I, it may not. Right. I'm fascinated by this experience. Uh, from Villanova, you know, in Pennsylvania over to New York. How's that going to transfer? Jalen Brunson's played his way into an NBA star. All-star border, not superstar, but he's an NBA star. He took over that Knicks team. It was awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful to watch. None of the other guys really have. I mean, Mikhail Bridges, I think, would be a key piece in getting that full team back together, but he's in a different borough. You know, he, he's in Brooklyn, not Manhattan. So that's a big piece they're missing. Josh Hart, I'm curious to see if he can, you know, rediscover that role uh, because on, on that team, he was actually the leading scorer. 15.7 boards a game on that team. Uh, in 16, it would have been. Uh, a junior on that team, one of the leaders. Brunson, as a freshman, had a role, played it really well. I think has developed into the best NBA guy of the bunch. DiVincenzo was a spark in that that title run in the postseason. He, he played a role with Golden State, did it pretty well. Here's my question for you, Strick. In order to clear up space to give DiVincenzo four years and 50 mil, the Knicks had to trade away Obi Toppin. Do you think that's something, anything, nothing? No, I, I, I think they gave Obi Toppin every opportunity to arrive. And it comes to a, it comes to a point where sometimes it just may not be the place. Um, New York is hard. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I mean, it used to be a fun place for me. I don't know now. I, 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 New York to me now is ugh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's wild. But nonetheless... Um, Sometimes it comes to a point where a new destination, a new place just smells a little bit better. And I and I think they gave him every opportunity to succeed. I just don't think it worked out for him. I mean, very athletic, you know, just his game just didn't, you know, thrive in the way that I would have hoped it would have. But sometimes New York can do that to you. He goes from Tom Thibodeau to Rick Carlisle. Yeah. Talk about difference. Those are two different coaches. I think that style, though is not not bad for him. Okay. Rick Carlisle's mm-hmm. style of play. I think it kind of fits Obi Toppin's style. Okay. More so than Thibodeau. Thib- mm-hmm. I mean, his defensive prowess does, but mm-hmm. just the output, I don't think, fit what Thibodeau was really looking for out of Obi. Would Jay Wright be a good coach for this next team? I mean, obviously. <laughs> Anytime you have three, three, three players on the team, uh, two that you really um, were, were were great pieces for you, mm-hmm. uh, that's buy-in. That's immediate walk-in-the-door buy-in, which right. you need, especially with Jalen. You mm-hmm. you you need that type. Uh, they probably have to retain his dad. That that is one. one right. that, that is something that's going down right now. But um, 
yeah, I think that wouldn't be bad. Would that be a, a good move for the Knicks? I mean, we know what Tom Thibodeau is. He's a proven commodity as an NBA head coach. Would Does it, he want it? I mean, I don't even know if that's, that's that. Yeah, what would it take? What would Jay Wright? Yeah. I mean, obviously paper. I mean, if you, <laughs> if you touch him up, I'm sure he... He he considered taking a drive up, uh, you know, a little hour, a little over an hour and a half to uh, to New York to take a look at it. But at the same time, does you know does he want it? I mean, he's he's had a great run, a great career. Does he even want to get involved with the NBA? That's the part. That's the thing. I mean, he's got a cushy gig at CBS right now, being a broadcaster, really good at it. Obviously, well spoken guy, knows the game really well. And I don't think it'd be worth bringing Jay right in just for the gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we got the whole Villanova band back together. It's not mm-hmm. worth it for that. No. But because I mean, you're there, I mean, you got right. you made a nice little run. Oh, why would yeah. you want to do something to unearth it right now? You haven't been bad under tips. Mm-mm. You know, he's been solid, yeah. fine. So maybe need to spice up the offense a little bit more. Maybe DiVincenzo can do that as a, as a long range shooter. Maybe Josh Hart rediscovers some long range stroke, or maybe there's another step left in Jalen Brunson. I don't know, but we haven't seen this play out at this scale before, right? We haven't seen a you know, obviously it's probably too recent for like a Kansas type of reunion, but we haven't seen a national championship winning team stay that together in the NBA. The Eagles are trying to do it with the Georgia defense in the NFL. This is where, Strick, I think it's fascinating to see college guys versus NBA guys. I put both those in air quotes because we know that Villanova team was fantastic in 2016. Up and down NBA careers, varied NBA careers. Do you take a bet on that winning pedigree from college? Try to recreate the magic? If it's good enough in college, you think it would be good enough in the pros to some degree. Well, here's what's going to be of interest. I mean, if you look at Houston, it looks very AAU-ish. <laughs> yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you look at those second-round type of guys and, like, even your Draymond Greens – your Jokic's, mm-hmm. your um, you know Jalen Brunson's, you know you 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 look at these guys, and then you can start to assess the maturity, um, guys that stayed and and really worked their butts off to to work on the craft, right? Otherwise, it's just super athleticism with free flow and do what you like and how you like and. Does that style work? I just don't think it does. Hasn't yet. I don't think it does. I don't think it pans out, man. And so that's why um, trying to put that together the way that they are, I, I can understand it. I can understand where, what direction they're trying to go with it. I mean, it can set a good foundation for you because I just know that that other part, that other plan just doesn't work. Let's wrap that segment or the segment with that. You've been in plenty of NBA locker rooms. Could you tell a difference between the veteran teams and the the AAU teams? What's that difference like? No question. Um, That's that was that was the difference I could tell between the Boston team, the the new uh, Dallas Mavericks team. Mm -hmm. Once we got rid of the good old boys, you know, guys like Mashburn, super one on one guy. Jimmy Jackson, super one-on-one guy, high-scoring, strong. Jason Kidd, just fly up and down the court type of guy. Um, Then you brought in just guys that just wanted to freaking play hard, win, scrap, and you can see where the success started to come from. Then you add in a Dirk Nowitzki, and and you add in a couple of pieces, and you start to see winning winning pedigree. Um, 
I'm trying to think of where else I see it is I saw it in Denver. Mm. I just, I just, it's just winning pedigree, just winning style of ball. Um, Golden State got, moving off the, the pool. The maturity of what happened in Denver mm-hmm. is what led to a reemergence of Aaron Gordon. Okay. Aaron Gordon went from an AAU style down in Orlando. Orlando. Mm-hmm. They said they said Aaron Gordon didn't even buy a house, didn't even buy a condo. He bought a warehouse and turned the warehouse into um, a living quarters where he has a, a, a gym, mm-hmm. a full length gym, a weight room, cold and hot pool. Um, there's one guest room, one guest room, master bedroom, and just, you know, regular living quarters where you can just stay focused on, on the grind of the game. And it's given him a new focus that has helped them to, to lead. But that comes with the maturity of what you're coming into. Jamal Murray's the same type of guy. Those guys were just skilled who continue to work and grind on the craft. And then you add those other pieces when they see the leadership qualities of the other guys and they fall in line. I just think that you need that. We'll talk more about that, especially as it relates to Houston and their culture and their style with their two big signings. Uh, as we get to the Western Conference breakdown in hour two here on the block. He's the nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland, picking his brain all day today as we try to wrap our brains around all the NBA movement here. Uh, we'll keep doing that as we wrap up hour one on the block. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.